0: Today's episode of Daily DVR Dives into Veronica Mars is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Go to CuffLinks.com now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. That's right, the whole shebang, baby. DVR 20 use it you need a belt you need cufflinks you need ties you need like a pocket square come on look good elevate your style when you walk out the door in the morning go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today they have everything you need and they got a great blog over there too that'll help you if you have an event coming up so go over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today welcome to daily DVR does Veronica Mars my name is Axel And of course, my co-host is the wonderful and amazing Ken. You can find out more about us at DVRpodcast.com and also consider supporting us and becoming a patron at patreon.com slash DVR. You can also send your feedback to DVRpodcast at gmail.com. Today, we'll be talking about Veronica Mars season four, episode six. I'm covering Bachelor in Paradise as well. I know it's a totally different thing. It's reality. It's crazy, but I'm having fun doing it. It's with a woman named Sarah. We just met and we started doing this podcast. So check it out. Just look up Bachelor. You'll see daily DVR Bachelor uh, on your iTunes or iPod or whatever the hell you use, your Stitcher, your Spotify. And also Heath and I are going to start covering Mine Hunter soon. So look out for that. Season two drops later this week. But uh, that's enough of that. Today, we're talking about Veronica Mars. We're back in Neptune. Ken, how are you doing, pal?
1: I am great to be back visiting. Now, I would never want to live in Neptune, but it's <laughs> it's a nice place to visit. Yeah. They have they have microbrews. They have a boardwalk. Um, it Bombs seems going like a,
0: off. You know.
1: They do. It seems like a nice day trip, really. But anything beyond that. It gets a little murky.
0: Some old uh, white lady might shoot you as you're just <laughs> trying to help pe- help her. You know what I mean? Right. You know it's a. Uh,
1: it's a tough but no, day. I'm doing really good. Um, I'm excited to continue this journey that we're on. Um, I feel like we're about to turn the corner and get to the end game, and um, I and I'm super excited.
0: Yes this this episode here. Uh, we just finished talking about and our last episode was about episode five uh this is episode six entering a world of pain and uh this is a this is a pivotal episode we find out a lot of information the plot is forwarded but we also kind of get in deeper into our characters and uh this was a fun one for me i really enjoyed it uh, let's just let's get right into it. We open up on Veronica. She's listening to the bl- the bug that she planted on Nicole. So this is a reversal of the last episode, which opened up with Penn listening to the bug he put on Veronica and Keith.
1: Absolutely. And the thing I really noted here beyond like um, the plot progression of of Nicole slowly becoming the main suspect. Um, is how unsentimental Veronica is yeah. spying on a quote-unquote friend.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, you're right. They just had these, like, a couple of scenes where right. they bonded and everything, and she's just listening to her have sex with some waiter, and she's just like, what blah, 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 another day in the life of a PI. Right, like, she's
1: able to detach herself emotionally From her work in a way that's both commendable on one hand and slightly disturbing on the other. Yes. Yeah. I would say,
0: yeah, it's kind of both, right? Because you would want to hire her, but you probably wouldn't, after you hung out with her, you'd be like, was that real? You know? (laughs) Right. Like she is like in the,
1: I mean, she's the best version of damaged goods, Like, I mean, she's has scars and scar tissue. Um, She's, she's ostensibly like at her core, she's a good person who wants to do the right thing. Um, So that makes her commendable for sure. She's always looking out for the little guy for sure. And she loves the underdog. Um, But maybe she's not your ideal pick for like your BFF. (laughs) No, not at all. They don't have
0: too good of a history. Um, So then we get a – after we – that was kind of our cold open and uh, we get our nice credits again, which I have to say I'm getting more into the theme song. It's in my head as we're talking right now and as we – when we start and talking about the beginning of the episodes. And I like the groove and I'm starting to feel it here now. You know, I agree. Like every – I feel like a good theme song –
1: emotionally prepares you for what you're about to see yeah and and this theme song exactly does that it's moody it's kind of it's just moody it's dark and moody just like just like the tv show
0: definitely so this is we get again and i love how they're doing this because the last episode ended where we had Really, two different things going on. We had evidence pointing towards Dick and Clyde, and we had evidence pointing towards Nicole. And we had both Keith and Veronica not wanting to believe their respective friends could do this, but going along with it and continuing the investigation, I should say. And here we have Veronica, we talked about listening to Nicole. And then this, we get a scene where they kind of re-up that information. And they, again, talk about how Nicole is selling the bar. And re-establish her as, that they are kind of, it seems like their focus is pushing more towards Nicole again. And kind of zoom, well, not again, but really more so this time. And they're zooming in on her. But it's good to see Keith and Veronica continue. You know, they had that big conversation about Keith is going to retire. He doesn't want to do it. But they're continuing this investigation. Yes. You know, so I think this scene was good to kind of let us know. No, look, it continues. We're keeping it rolling. Right. And we've well, got more to do.
1: Episode 5 firmly uh, confirmed that Clyde and Big Dick are at least behind the vandalism and terror campaign that has been driving businesses out of Neptune. So they're at least guilty of that. Uh, Keith brought up a great point in Episode 5 when they were rehashing their evidence that the, the, the neck bomb felt personal. Um, mm, and and because of that, that's why he yes. sort of went in on Nicole and, and I think that's part, at least part of the reason why Veronica's on board too, because it, it seems like at least a few of these bombs are personal.
0: Yes. And like, like I was saying at the end of the last episode, I'm getting the feeling that this is more, uh, labyrinthian than, uh, we first may have thought that there's, uh, More stuff involved here than just one person planning bombs for one specific reason. Um, And I think that that's part of this scene, too, is kind of establishing that there's kind of like this is like a multi front war now. You know, they're following up on things where they feel that something is going on. You know they're it, no, not really in the dark as much. It's like a
1: it's like a well thought out version of season two where you also had multiple fronts and it maybe wasn't. Um, if I think if Rob could redo season two now, he would do it like this. He would do it differently, slightly differently. Um, this is a much more uh, cause and effect linear way to do a
0: multiple front mystery definitely and it's working for me baby so um we find out that maddie has ditched her mom and stepfather that they went to paris and it was like a home alone situation yeah and they kind of forgot her (laughs) and i think that is what they're making reference to (laughs) Yes. Um, it's funny, and so Veronica goes and meets with Maddie. She's still kind of shacking up at the old motel, and now that we understand, it's weird because like it, it that was her mom and her her. So we understand now that the woman she was yelling at when Veronica first came to visit her, or was yelling at her, was her stepmother from that her parents are divorced and they're both remarried. Yes. Because they do, they're not being like super hitting you over the head with all that little minutia. So I thought they made a particular point of saying her mom and her stepfather went to Paris, you know? So Veronica goes and visits with her. um, And Veronica is kind of trying to explain to Maddie that she doesn't think it's Big Dick and Clyde that are doing the bombings like the like you said the vandalism that kind of stuff makes sense yeah but the killing doesn't make sense to veronica maddie is not doesn't it doesn't seem she's not like against veronica but she seems to have more feeling that it is them am i am i kind of it's hard to tell with maddie maddie's not really an open book
1: Well, no, I think you're right. And I I think the writers are doing this specifically to draw um, a contrast between young Veronica, as as epitomized by Maddie, and older Veronica. Yeah. Um, Because younger Veronica was a bull in a china shop. Um, And she was a little more stubborn about letting things go. Um, This Veronica... Was like thought it was Big Dick and Clyde, and now she's rolling with Nicole. Yeah. Um, this Veronica, this version of Veronica in her early thirties, is a lot more evolved, and it's a really great writing trick that they're u- that they're doing with Maddie to sort of underscore what Veronica used to be like.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great, and also to to back that up, um, uh, Veronica gives her a stun gun she oh, yes. she thinks Veronica's like threatening her if you don't call your mom and tell her you're okay, but she's really giving it to her and that that's like a kind of handing of the that's like an important mythological kind of archetypical scene there, right It's almost like the handing of the swords in Game of Thrones, you know yeah um that she gives her this stun gun, and it's really I thought it was a really important little part there.
1: I do too and I also think it's telling about Veronica's character that she would give a 15 or 16 year old girl a stun gun but only because she really feels like this specific 15 or 16 year old girl can handle it.
0: Yeah. and needs it too.
1: And needs it. Absolutely. <laughs> because she knows because she knows herself. Yeah.
0: She knows that that Maddie's not going to stop. Yep. And then we uh we get a quick um Little, it's only a two man Clark and Penn murder head meeting, and basically, Penn is kind of being pushed out a little bit. You can tell that this, um, the battle for supremacy inside the murder heads and Penn's inability to keep his mouth shut and kind of throw them into trouble. Um, Clark is now doing some sort of interview. And Penn is saying, but what about the, you know, the duck head in my bed? I found the dead duck in my bed. And Clark is kind of not really having much wanting to do with Penn and just saying, well, before you say anything or do anything, remember, you have to check with us first. So I think this is really more so setting up Penn's eventual push towards Mars and out of the kind of murder heads.
1: Right. It's another changing of the guard. It yeah. seems like, like like Clark Duke's character is effectively taking over the yeah. murder heads and slowly pushing Penn out um, or maybe not so slowly pushing him out. Um, but really, I mean, from the murder heads point of view, Penn's made a number of huge mistakes and gaffes. So in a way, can you blame him?
0: Yeah, I know. Definitely. Definitely. He, I mean, yeah, he can't keep his mouth shut. Dude is uh, always wants the mic. You know, you got to chill out there. Penn, learn, learn. Um, Veronica meets with Leo and I love them. Oh, I love them together. (laughs) You know what? This is the thing. Okay. I like Logan so much now that I think he's too good for Veronica. Okay. (laughs) I've come full circle. You have come full circle. I think Logan needs a little, a woman who's a little bit more in touch with herself Whereas I think Leo has the lightness, right, and doesn't have that pain and that history where he can kind of just brush off the serious vibes that Veronica gives off and just kind of push her towards, like, whatever, Veronica. Like, you know what I mean, Ken? Like, people who take themselves too seriously need to be with a person who thinks they're an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, not not yeah. so much that way, but like I kind of feel yeah. that way with my wife and I. Like here, you know, I'm talking on the podcast, I'm like, I have an opinion. And she's just like, whatever, dude. And I think that's kind of how Leo and Veronica work. You know, and I really like it. And even when she tries to like make a joke out of things sometimes, he'll just be like, No, that's not working. You know, and I really appreciate it. So even though I like Logan. I still ship Veronica and Leah.
1: I I'm going to drive. I'm going to drive over to your house right now and beat you to death. Um, no, no, oh my gosh. I, I I like them as friends, and I think it's great that Veronica has made a friend um, or reconnected with a friend. Um, and I do think they have great chemistry, and I agree with you on all of your points. That that he helps her not take everything so seriously yeah. because he's so laid back and chill, like super chill um, Handsome, and funny. He's funny. super funny. Um, so so I do <laughs> like their relationship, but how dare you? Yeah.
0: Well, well, we'll see. I don't know. You know, I think that they're. I think that the sparks are a flying and. I don't know. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. But she still, of course, has to take pictures of his files without him knowing and uh, take advantage of whatever. Well, I guess kind of without him knowing, but kind of, I think he knows, right? Like,
1: Well, I think we'll talk about it later. But yes, I mean, at this point in the episode, it appears that she's definitely taking advantage of their quote unquote friendship yeah. by taking a- pictures of – pages and files that he just leaves open on his desk because he leaves the room. Um, but once again, we have the hallmark. She obviously brought them food again because they have like wrappers of food open on the desk. Um, so their their relationship is, uh, is, is definitely um, has a foundation based on food. Yes.
0: And hey, food is love. It's security, right? It's home. That's what they say. Uh, <laughs> Foley's restaurant. <laughs> Open every day, 9 to 10. Um, we also have another – this is a cool one where as Veronica's is there in the in, – because um, Leo is using the police station as his office, right? The FBI is kind of their adjunct office here. Yeah. Uh, Penn walks in and has a confrontation with the police chief, which starts out with him thinking, hey, I have stuff to tell you, you know, um, to tell you about the, the duck and about the um, the connections for to Dick, he he kind of feels like Penn, I think in this situation, feels like he's actually trying to do right here, right? Yeah. Like after uh-huh. what happened with the murder heads, he's trying to do, I mean, he still wants reward and he still wants to be Penn, but he thinks he's going to go in this direction, but it doesn't work out at all. And, and again, though, this shows how this chief how she is really obsessed with um, the how things appear, right? How they look, her publicity, right? And she doesn't even really want to listen to him anymore because in her eyes, he's a fool. Yeah. But she- a, a smart one would still at least listen to what he has to say you know true that's
1: a really good point like she's ambitious she's obviously a, a lot more capable than the lamb brothers but you're Definitely. right there there is still like she has blind spots because of that ambition um and because she's just thinking three steps ahead of her career yep. and i think maybe because of that she's like yeah yeah yeah
0: yep and i and and this is going to lead uh Penn to come to mars which we're going to like but first Uh, Veronica and Keith look over the pictures that she took of Leo's files. Yeah. And this leads us to an interesting new line of investigation. And I like the way they handle this again, where they kind of explain to us what's going on. Leo had said that the FBI had him searching a bunch of dead ends, right? Which were other um, bombings. Or situations that resembled what was what had happened here previously in Neptune. Yeah. And they mention cases that occurred, one of which I believe is in the books. Interesting. The when they mention the original fraternity and someone and a girl that died, that I think is their they're actually referencing the first book. Um, when we have Sean on, he'll be able to tell us all those little um, tidbits there, those Easter eggs, but I'm pretty sure about that. Um, and then they decide to investigate what is in Leo's files. And it's basically two cases, two new kind of sub cases at one at the microbrewery that Keith had already interviewed the guy who, the guy who we thought was great actor. And we love that scene. Remember that? Yeah. That was uh-huh. episode four or maybe three, I believe. Yeah. Um, and the other is at a, a fraternity house. Once again, a fraternity house. Veronica gets to go back to a frat house um, where one of the brothers mysteriously died in what was what is may believe to be a hazing incident. Yes. Correct.
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: So I thought this was kind of cool because for a second I actually had to rewind and re- and watch this scene again yeah. because it was like oh. We're splintering off now, I like this well, it's also great because somehow
1: they're they're making the nuts and bolts of detective work like entertaining, yeah, and like you're you're leaning in um, because sometimes in other shows in other formats that those sorts of scenes
0: can be a little dry, definitely, definitely and this was this was kind of fun because I was like, oh, this is interesting thing, and yeah. as they're talking about that. We have what I was saying is Penn once again comes to Mars and he's basically saying like, come on, let's team up. He doesn't want to give his goods like he wanted to give to the Popo. He's always, he. The interesting thing is like you every time Penn is always like a progression, right? Yeah. They really get to fit a lot of these kind of modern day gaming, the system, getting his, you know, kind of aspects into it where he's like trying to be famous trying to get the reward but then he's trying to do good they're putting a lot into this character and i can't this scene was an interesting scene what did you think about how they dealt with him
1: um i well a it was kind of funny of course and because they don't ultimately take him seriously right um though it was interesting to me that this is kind of the first time, and correct me if I'm wrong, that he gives them a bit of information that they both seem to think is substantial.
0: Yeah, yes. The phrase, prostituting oneself. Yeah. And they actually – and I th- it was really – it seemed to be kind of Veronica who was a little bit more – like saw that connection a little bit more. Now, I know we get a little bit of of Keith forgetting here. Yeah. And she reminds him that was a nice, subtle little thing they put in in this scene where he says, Where is that? And she says, Remember dad, it was in the note. And that's then, right. Yeah. Oh, he, you're right about that. He kind of flashes back and he goes, Oh, yeah, you were right. And then they just keep on going. You know?
1: Yeah, you I I totally missed that until yeah. you just said that. So so good for you. Absolutely right. That's a very subtle reference to his ongoing health situation yeah
0: and they don't you're right they don't seem to take him seriously but we'll see maybe they did and i do think veronica is opening up to him a little bit you know at least in the sense of using what's at her disposal correct as using him to a means to an end he could be useful yep exactly um we get a nice little scene with veronica and maddie at veronica's place it looks like they're just kind of hanging out yeah. And um Logan comes home. And for a second there you got a feeling of a family, didn't you?
1: Yes. And also I it was interesting to see like Maddie's reactions to Veronica's meeting Veronica's boyfriend, being in Veronica's home. It it was really interesting. Um it it felt like it kind of felt a little bit like Veronica and her little sister are hanging out with Veronica's boyfriend.
0: Yeah. See, for me, I almost felt like that could be their older daughter, you know, because think about it. If they had had a kid like around high school, a little bit after college, Maddie might be maybe a little older. Maddie is, but you know, like for a second, I felt like a little bit like a family, but it doesn't last too long. Um, and then Logan and Veronica get into a short conversation about about Veronica visiting his therapist. Um,
1: Once again, not happy with Veronica because yeah, I mean at the very least, even if it's the wrong thing to do, you should at least say, you know what, I don't want to do that, um, or I don't, I don't think that. I don't think I would be helpful, so therefore I don't want it. But she kind of once again makes a joke out of it or skirts the issue or says something pithy instead of actually just saying one thing or another. Either, yes, I'll go with you because it's obviously important. You wouldn't be asking me if, if, if it weren't important to you. Or, no, I'm definitely not going with you because I, for whatever reason. But to sort of just... Try to make a joke out of it or try to sidestep it. It's super frustrating.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah, I found this to be frustrating too. And it does remind you, you know, in life, it's hard, right? Like, hey, I know a lot of people who are very open and progressive and emotional. But when it comes to saying like, hey, maybe you should talk to somebody about that. Oh, no, I don't have a problem. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to do that and and Veronica's kind of doing that avoidance thing again and really for everything that Logan and her, and her have been through that we've seen it's like come on you know just go and talk to somebody for a little while but that's hard for her and it's hard for her to open up and i i can i can see i'm starting to feel at this point it's so obvious that it's so painful for her and it's so obvious that there's so much down there that she needs to work through and be open about, not only in the past, but currently, that what I was originally frustrated, I'm becoming more sad about, you know? And I just see uh, Logan really, there's a sadness in him about it, that he's just kind of sad at this point that she's really being kind of childish about it, you know, which in a way is more devastating yeah. than
1: old Logan who might've like punched a wall or gotten yes, into a fight or gotten exactly. really angry. Exactly. The fact that he gives her sad, disappointed eyes yeah. makes it even more emotionally devastating. True.
0: But he does give her a little um, casework though, yeah. which is that Vinny is on the lookout for Maddie um, Be- because
1: the Maloof still don't know at this point that, that Logan can speak Arabic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> True, and they think that Maddie might have the ring. Right? They. This do is because, about the ring again.
1: Right? Because one, uh, the mom saw the news footage of her poking around, around. in yep. the in in the rubble of 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 the hotel office, which is the last time the
0: ring was 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 known to be. Yeah, this ring is coming. This is like a, a fun little mystery in the background i like it. isn't it going to be yeah.
1: crazy if the ring is the linchpin to the mystery it's, it's
0: got to be something and i'm i get excited thinking about it. they're going to do something cool with it yeah. um veronica find uh, logan goes and takes a shower and she conveniently absconds because she not only doesn't want to talk about the therapist but she wants to go and tell vinnie to stay away from maddie so we get a fun little scene in the strip club here and And I, you know what? I like that they are put more Vinny in the show. They, they had a lot of characters to choose from. And at first, the fact that he's in so much of this season, I was kind of like, oh man, I would have liked more of Mac or I would have liked, you know what I mean? Or, um, some like even, uh, what's his name? Max. I like Max too, but Vinny. The the kind of the comparison between him and Veronica, they're really working it because just this little scene they have in the strip club works really, and it's so funny when Veronica takes her phone out and the music <laughs> goes and it's a spotlight. <laughs> Put the phone away. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was great. well,
1: you blew my mind in the last podcast episode when we were t- talking about episode five, that where you noted that they aren't as different as they both think they are. Um, and they're not, both, they're not as different as a you like as the viewer might initially think they are. And so now, because of that, and now every time I think about a Vinnie Veronica scene, I'm going to think about what you said. And like, you're right. The, the the relationship, the 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 kind of frenemy relationship that they have going is really being mined in this season, both for laughs, but also I think for other things as well. To sort of note where Veronica is as well. Yeah.
0: And then we have Keith meets with the bar, with that micro brew owner who, again, this is such a great natural scene. And I love this guy. I got to research who he is. I think it's going to, he's going to turn out to be a friend of the show somehow, or like one of the writers or something. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't know who it is. But uh, maybe someone out there does. If you do know, send us an email, dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe do it. Um, And this doesn't really – we don't get – it's a shorter scene. We don't get too much info, basically, that the guy exploded – that one of the taps exploded. Right. And he gives a little background on who the gentleman was that died. But to me, it didn't necessarily ring any bells right away.
1: Yeah, but you have to believe that it's somehow connected. Yes,
0: that's what I mean. Like why is this scene here or this perplex? Did you find something in this that I missed or No, but just that yet? um I wonder I wonder if
1: this is connected to the beginning of it is all because of these cases. Like I just wonder if um I mean we still have um we still have two more episodes to go. So I just wonder, I don't believe you include a scene like this um, at, at this point in the story, unless it means something. Yes. What it can mean, I don't know. But I do think it's interesting that two disparate s- situations, um, uh, a, a micro-brew, and, and in a moment, we're going to talk about Veronica at the frat House, that these are seemingly completely disconnected events but are they and if they're if they are connected then my mind is like going on overload
0: yeah taking a little break from our veronica morris discussion to remind you to go to our presenting sponsor cufflinks.com baby go to cufflinks.com slash dvr and use code dvr20 get 20 percent off your order no minimum that's right baby It's all there for the taken. If you like NCAA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Marvel, DC, they've got everything. Hey, man, they got new stuff for the Aladdin movie. It's amazing stuff. Check it out. Cufflinks.com has everything along with... Those classic styles that just look good. They're not all genre stuff. They've got the classic stuff, too. So go to cufflinks.com slash DVR and use code DVR20 today. So, Veronica, similarly, we had uh, them talking about these two cases. And now we get to see Veronica at the fraternity. And this is an interesting scene. Again, these guys are so aggressive to her. Um, You know, they really, whenever dudes talk to Veronica, they are just not like nice. And they, she runs into several dudes that give her kind of the runaround, not really much information. And she kind of tries to sneak out back. She runs into this dude that seems to be a little bit more open, right? Because he's playing yeah. like a rock song. He's kind yeah. of a handsome young kid. She l- seems like she's just about to get him to talk. And he's the guy she wanted to see originally, who's yeah. connected to the death of this other uh, fraternity brother. And um, the I guess it's the fraternity head finds her with another big guy, and they kind of bully her out of there. So both of these... Both of these visits, investigations, don't really get much. They don't give us much. Yeah. But the next scene gives us everything. Well, it gives us everything about an (laughs) aspect.
1: Like, I was surprised. Like, I'm sure you were too. I'm sure everyone who's seen this episode. Like, and the casualness of it, I think, was maybe the most surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It's a scene in Big Dick Casablanca's office um, and Clyde is there and they're talking about lots of things. But through the course of the, their discussion, they reveal through their conversation, it's revealed to the audience that Big Dick Casablanca's was ultimately the person behind the first bombing at the Sea Spray. Because he's the one who authorized the placement of a bomb in the vending machine, but according to Big Dick, he just wanted to scare them. It was part of the scare campaign. He was going to set it off when he knew no one was in there, Um, which I don't know about you, but I totally believed him. Like I totally believed that that was true. And then he said something that blew my mind. He said, but because of that damn internet outage, the timer got affected and it went off. Yes. Um, well, a, it blew my mind just because they brought up something that you and I talked about when we talked about the first episode and you and I both said, you know what? The outage of the internet is going to mean something. Definitely. Um, So it blew my mind, A, because of that. But it also blew my mind because I thought, here's what I thought. And I want to know if you agree with me. What if someone knew that there was a bomb in that vending machine? And they also figured out that if they interfered with the internet, with the Wi-Fi, that the timer would get affected and the bomb would go off. I think that the bomber is still ultimately responsible For the sea spray because they somehow and I think it's going to be revealed
0: found out that Big Dick had planted a bomb in there. I think that's I think that's definitely what I was thinking when when this scene happened I was surprised but I also remember that Veronica Mars has done this before. Right. Yeah. They've done this before where we just come to a scene and the person outs themselves to their conspirator, uh, their co-conspirator or the or themselves in conversation. Um, yeah. I think we had this in season two. Um, uh, if I remember correctly, I don't remember the instance. And I thought that even Logan's dad, I thought Aaron at some point, we just come to a scene and he admits it. Uh, If I remember correctly, before we find out in a, in like Veronica and everyone finds out. So there's a reason why they're doing it. Right. And we, because I think we've gotten to the point and we're talking about it where there's different things happening here. right? Right. And by the introduction of these two old cases, right before we find out definitively about this first bombing, only kind of amplifies that to me that this is a like kind of like a plot and writing technique to throw us off in a way, right? We find two things that seem to not lead anywhere. Then we're hit with this big revelation. I also have to say that I found it a little suspicious. There's a lot of bugging that goes on in this show, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just the way in which big Dick was just like, yeah, you know, but Hey, people die, you know, like we didn't want it to happen. And now all, and then he makes some, and then he did make a comment where he said, and now look at all this that happened, but it didn't seem like he was taking responsibility for that. Right. Like the other bombings, they might not have had anything to do with them. Right. Like they're, so it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, I found this scene to be interesting in many ways, mostly just kind of kicking this mystery into high gear and making me think, why did we, what were those two other cases that we just came from? And now they're saying this. And then Keith walks in.
1: Wait a minute. Before we get there, let me ask you a question. Big Dick Casually, because this whole scene is casual, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but he says to Clyde, and then and then you covered it up by killing Perry. I really? was really, I actually rewinded it because I wanted to see J.K. Simmons' reaction again to Big Dick saying that to him, because he has no dialogue in response to that. But I wanted to look at his facial expression, and I. After watching it two or three times, I'm not entirely sure that Clyde either admitted or denied the thing that Big Dick said.
0: I agree with you, and it was weird the way he said it. That was the line you 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 cued right in on it. That was the line that made me think that they were being listened to and they knew it. Yeah, it seemed like maybe they knew that someone was listening. And then Keith walks in right after that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I just. He
1: does. And then the other thing I just thought of is what if there's a douchebag connection between the two old cases? Because mm. remember that was Keith's theory is what if someone is targeting bad men? Right. That's because, good. I mean, we know the, fra- we, we know fraternities are unfortunate, especially in this world are filled with bad men. Mm. Um, and then what if the guy who worked at the microbrew or the guy who was servicing, the thing: What if he was a bad guy? What if he had uh, sexually assaulted someone, or like, what if someone had rigged that thing in a way that they knew it was it might hurt him, um, or like that, it, that, or they had yeah. planted something to go off at a time when they knew he would be there? So I thought maybe if there's a connection between those two old cases at all, maybe it's a douchebag connection.
0: I think that's a great. I think that's a great line of investigation. Ken Mars. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Well, speaking of Mars, Keith comes right in on them. Yeah. Kind of walks right through the secretary, walks into the office. Clyde. He
1: did. He remind you of Columbo. It was great. Yeah,
0: it was great. He, he does that on purpose. puts his head down a little, you know, like kind of shuffles. Um, Clyde admits to the shell companies and which i think makes keith feel better yeah right and i think clyde is working him yeah and uh but it makes big dick very nervous he says to clyde why did you tell him about that you know and he's like well he was going to find out anyway we had to confirm it come on you you are who like he's kind of trying to say to him like look you you can't be a different person here Right? Yeah. Like, you're not going to fool him by you're, you are who you are. So, I thought that was actually that Clyde made a good um, point. And it's still, I'm, st- it's still obscure to me of who is in charge here, Dick or Clyde. Right? At certain times, it seems like Big Dick feels like he's in charge, but at other times, it seems like Clyde is in charge. So and that's good it's still, writing. Yeah, actually, it's still a
1: mystery. That that's another little mystery. So, and then the other thing Keith does before he leaves is he casually, kind of Columbo esque, throws out the line about about prostituting oneself. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and of course we know as viewers that he's doing it to gauge a reaction.
0: Yep. And w- it doesn't re- it doesn't really get one, does it? No, which is
1: interesting. I'm sure it's interesting to Keith, but it's even, but it's also interesting to the
0: viewer. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Keith is still, and I was waiting for him to kind of, if the memory thing was going to come into play, but it didn't in this scene here. He didn't really give anything away, and I almost felt, did I miss something? But no, he didn't. Um, Now we get another. Just you know, we were talking about Weevil and Veronica's relationship. And here we get another huge a blow up here similar to the last episode where we found out about the hurt that had gone on between the movie and this fourth series. Yeah. Um, this delves deeper into it and Weevil brings up again uh, how she has basically used Juan Diego and, and also put his life in danger and he's just a kid and Veronica brings up the his family again and it gets him very upset. In many ways it's a bit of a rehash, but more of a fleshing out of that first argument that they had. Yeah. Uh and this is but it's painful to watch and you can see the way that they're both at a stalemate in a sense, you know? But it's really more so Weevil is kind of saying like what's wrong with you Veronica? You know like that's kind of his argument, right?
1: Yeah, and and really even though it's complicated and even though on one hand you can see both people's side of it, ultimately I feel like Weevil is the one who has the more humanistic argument. I agree. And Veronica seems like the heavy in yeah. this argument. And you're right. This argument is kind of a rehash of, of the one in that we just had in Episode 5. This one was much more guttural, though. This one was more raw. And this one made my stomach do somersaults. Like, I was very uncomfortable and I was feeling very upset at the end of this argument.
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough because Weevil does seem to be pleading with her to just, hey, it's me. Like, let's talk about this in a different way on a different level. And Veronica has that, that pain that she can't see through. And I do, again, I really do feel that this is about her dad. I think she blames Weevil for just everything that happened during that time. Yeah. Um, and I hope, though, that what this is really about is them coming together, right? Yeah. We, she's having the type of arguments with Weevil that Logan wishes she would have with him. Yes. Right. She's somehow able to connect with Weevil through that pain or through whatever happened to them. Or maybe it's because Weevil got through it and made a family and then lost it. Yeah. You know, that she kind of feels that trust with him or some sort of simpatico. Um, But I love the way that they're delving into this relationship with Weevil and Veronica and again um great acting he he is uh what's his name again For, uh, oh, is it Francisco it's Francis uh, Capra Francis okay For, that's i always get um, in my mind i want to say francisco because I always think, you know, Francis is that name like in movies where they're like, Francis, but then he's a big <laughs> tough guy, and he is, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's a big tough guy, and his name's Francis. I like the name Francis, actually. Um, but uh, he's his acting is really on point, and I hope to see him in more stuff after this because a lot of these people, you see it, I want to see him in more things. Um, well, and
1: it's also a great counterbalance to their relatively positive relationship Through the first three seasons of the television Yeah, the rescuing.
0: They were always like rescuing each
1: other. This is a more reality-based evolution of that relationship because of Veronica becoming more hardened um, and more calcified in her opinions about good and evil – And Weevil still playing both sides because he's in a position where he literally feels like he has no choice because he's on the bottom rung in a town where they continually step on people who are on the bottom rung. Definitely. So um, Weevil feels like – I mean Weevil feels like the South Side Chicago – some of the South Side – Chicago kids who feel like, well, if I don't sell drugs, I'm never going to make money to get out of here. Like, So people rationalize their behavior in all sorts of ways, and not that any of it is correct. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes people are in desperate situations where they feel like their back is up against the wall, and they feel like they have little choice about what they can do.
0: And if anyone should see that, is what Weevil keeps on saying. It's Veronica. And so that's why the pain is. And I feel like Weevil needs to back off and understand he's not getting anywhere with this. You know. Well, luck,
1: and, well luckily for Veronica and Weevil, Penn comes yeah. into the office and interrupts them.
0: Yes, he does. <laughs> and it seems like what we were talking about before, where Veronica is, seems more open to Penn, she kind of puts him on the fraternity case. She does. She gives him – like she gives him a legitimate as- uh, assignment.
1: She I wants like him this. to do be- to do a-, a background search on the three frat boys.
0: Uh, Ken, this is a team. We got Maddie, we got Penn, we got Veronica. Look, Keith stays in the office now. He teaches, right? He helps. I'm seeing a future here. All the voiceovers point to a terrible future, but I'm seeing a positive one here and i like that pen i like this evolution of pen i want pen to join the mars investigative team
1: wow like her own little scooby game
0: yeah i like it i really do and i think that he's got the social media like youtube conspiracy aspect he can like kind of tap into things you know i really I, i i'm digging it i'm digging it but um speaking of people joining a team uh, we have Lo- we finally get to see Logan's team that he joined, and he goes to this really cool, like underground,
1: <laughs> like an air force base. Yeah, like we get to see Logan thing, at yeah. work, basically.
0: Yeah, but it's really like it totally looks like Hunt for Red October type of stuff going on it in there. Does. <laughs>
1: you know, like, it really, it and, looks like everyone is at a desk and they're all. Um, giving out critical instructions to someone so that they don't die.
0: <laughs> exactly. They're Follow, follow these coordinates. Um, right. But then we get a cut. But with all that kind of serious intro, we get a kind of a cute, funny scene between Logan and his and his buddy um where his buddy gives him the information of who the blackmailer is who's blackmailing the congressman and who has the video of him masturbating right um but that was a cute little scene and you got to see Logan in his kind of in his element here you know
1: Logan was adorable in this scene yeah, and was his great. like his his back and forth with his coworker was adorable and the fact that he gave him the 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 regifted uh, food card that was, funny. Uh, uh, was adorable.
0: <laughs> it was all adorable. Yeah, it was great. And then we get something not so adorable, right. which is Logan visiting this blackmailer who, of course, turns out to be some punk kid. And the whole discussion they have is really interesting because it touches on a lot of like political phrases and topics that are popular these days and the kind of you know, conservative. Oh, he's a cuck who wants to be a submissive, right? Yeah, and and and, and Logan is using really racist and defamatory way of describing the congressman. And yeah. this kid buys rate like no. Logan knows who this kid is right yeah. away. You know, he doesn't need to be educated on, you know, uh, like the far right recruiting on the internet. He knows about it. And it makes you wonder what kind of jobs Logan does.
1: It does. You and, know, it was cool. Um,
0: the way he reels him in and
1: then hooks him is sort of masterful. And it makes you wonder, like what is Logan's other life? Like it made me wish that there was a spin-off television show of like Logan doing his job.
0: I totally want it. I want to see it. Yeah. I think that would be a lot. And he could come out of the ocean a lot more and do like, you know, st- scuba diving and stuff too. <laughs> That's right. right. Um, he's always in a speedo when he's <laughs> always <work. laughs> in a speedo. Uh, this was great. The, and this was the most time we've got with Logan. This was a
1: Logan-centric yeah. episode, because this is not the last we're going to see of Logan in this episode. So there's lots of Logan in this episode. It's Logan-heavy. Um, and it's also, like, emotional – like, there's emotional stuff coming up with Logan. But in this scene, um, he, you know, he had the, the kind of fun, casual scene with his co-worker. I mean, it was about blackmail, but still. And then he goes – and, like we've been talking about all season economical writing. one scene happens, and it leads right to the next scene, which is Logan visiting the blackmailer. Um, but the interesting thing that happens about this whole blackmail thing, which is yet another mystery solved, right? Yep. We, earlier in this episode, we solved the mystery of who put the bomb in the in the concession machine. Now we have a resolution to the mystery: who was blackmailing congressman. Malou, answer answer given. But when Logan, at the end of their conversation, Logan finds out about the two Mexican cartel guys.
0: Yeah, this is really cool because the kid has done a little bit of investigating himself, which makes me wonder, are we going to see this kid again? Maybe they can flip him, you know? Because yeah. um, he was an interesting actor too. I like always with the great casting, great faces, Per, giving each individual character that appears a wholly functional personality backstory life and it, I, I want to see this kid again I want to see this kid get re-educated you know yeah. and understand that that's this is not the way to think about life and other people and I, I'd like to see that um, but he has done his digging and he found out that the congressman paid all, he he um, traced the bank account, to the two cartel guys, Logan immediately takes that information to Veronica. Veronica immediately shares that information with Keith. And then they have another little putting together the pieces, um, scene here. It's a brief one, but one in which they kind of discuss the relationship with the blackmailer, the congressman that they, that, um, Veronica remembers seeing one of those guys. Yeah. Right. And,
1: and, and at the end of the
0: brainstorm, I mean, in
1: the middle of the brainstorming, they're like, could they be responsible for the bombing? When did they get here? By the end of the brainstorming scene, they realize that because the the nephew, one of the victims of the bombing at the sea spray, was the nephew of the cartel head in mexico that these two um uh hitmen were probably sent after the fact to find out who did the bombing which is in fact the truth
0: yes yeah so that uh, another mystery solved for them right yeah. and something that now the pieces are coming together they should be this is episode six and it's going along very well um, then we get more logan and He's at Maloof's. Maloof is kind of telling a story to his little brother and Logan. They're palling around um, and he gets a phone call and Logan has been called back into service. Um, We get a cute little nod to Logan's uh, devastatingly handsome looks where the mother says that she likes him very much. And then Logan turns around and speaks. I'm not sure what language they're speaking. Uh, do you, I don't know if it's Arabic or Farsi or I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure what language they're speaking, but, um, he then speaks the language and they kind of realize the whole time. And I like the way they all kind of look at each other and laugh.
1: I do even the mother. So the mother yeah. does have a sense of humor.
0: Yep. And it's kind of cool because so much, it gives you a little bit of this scene also, because of what's going to happen at the end of the episode with Maloof, it gives us a sense of a little bit more human um, feeling from them, right? That they yeah. are a family, um, that this is like three, you know, this is like or three, two generations here, and that they all kind of laugh at this. And also that Logan, the way he said it, It is new Logan. Like back in the day, he might have like said something like rude or, you know, like he had one over on them. But the way he said the way he spoke to them, it was more kind of like, you know, I've been one of you all along.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the reveal that the mother is a bit of a (laughs) kooker. (laughs) Yes.
0: A little bit. Who it these days? Who it these days? Um, so we get another strip club meeting this time with, with Keith, um, and Vinny and Veronica. And this is really funny because Veronica and Vinny are talking a little bit and then Keith says something and Vinny says, Oh, Keith, were you here? I hadn't noticed. (laughs) Oh, Vinny. I really have kind of, he's growing on me. I always love the actor, Ken Marino. I love this guy. He's a great actor but i uh, but he's really the character's growing on me.
1: And you get the sense that like Vinny's secondary office in life is at the strip club and which is great. It's a great character beat for him that he would do business out of a strip club um that he spends a lot of time at a strip club. It's just an interesting and wonderful and kind of funny but also interesting character beat.
0: And i don't know what that they get a ton of information here. I think that they're just kind of I think they're talking a little bit more about the Maloofs. And also we find out that Vinny is making like twice as much from the mother that Veronica and Keith are making yeah. from the son, yes. um, which says a bit about, again, how Veronica's always there's always the question of how much they should charge. And is she helping people or is she making money, you know, and it's just interesting the way that's always a conflict here, right?
1: And it's also wonderful for people to talk about money in this way because that doesn't always happen in television shows and movies where people – where a character will talk about making ends meet. You know what I mean? Like, like this is – one of the ways that this is important isn't just to show that Vinny is a douchebag who's, overchar- who's taking advantage of someone and overcharging her, but also that Keith and Veronica are
0: kind of living paycheck to paycheck definitely they are. And, and, and that aspect of them being a part of that economic struggle themselves, you know, because they often talk when you talk about, they talk about Neptune and the, the, the institutions and the powers that be, they are almost act, they're separate or in opposition to it, but they are also a part of the victimization, right? Like, or they're the victims of it too. And, and, and they have to, constantly take that into account of how empathetic they are with clients where it's still trying to make a living. Right. Um, but uh, the important thing that happens on the way out is they, and I love how they do these in out scenes. Keith and Veronica are leaving the strip club, talking to each other, putting together the pieces. One of then one of the brothers, we finally see one of the brothers. Well, who, presumably the one who survived. Yes. And how he got – I guess that person helped him out yeah, in the dune yeah. buggy Maybe, because yeah. he looks like he has a different shirt. I don't know if I missed a scene or was there a scene when he was recovering? Or? No.
1: I mean the literally the last time we saw him is when the dune buggy guy yeah. stopped and then he looked over and he saw the brother running. running.
0: That was – must have been a couple a couple days ago at, right. at least. Um, and he – tries to drive away in his truck he can't because it's booted but he does take a gun out of the glove compartment yes and he takes that with him after slamming his fist on the side of the truck
1: and this is definitely Chekhov's gun yeah for sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) um veronica comes home to a message and actually earlier we had seen her not answer a call from logan And it's just a note that says, listen to your messages. And Logan has shipped out. Um, He
1: has. And once again, we see the emotional maturity of Logan Eccles. I mean, regardless of where he's come from, regardless of what he's done in the past, Logan Eccles has evolved into such an emotional adult. Because the voicemail he leaves for Veronica is simultaneously wise, sweet, romantic, loving but also like get your shit together veronica um it's great it's it's so healthy and so honest but also sweet romantic funny it's great it is and it's not
0: where were you when i needed you i'm leaving that you know yeah Um, yeah and that shows maturity And, and veronica's reaction is not stupendous you know she, yeah. It seems as though she, she's always expecting things like this in her life. And I and, and there's a, a sadness, but really resignation. Uh, and she's got to keep it moving. And that's what happens. Right away, Veronica and Keith, uh, we see, we pick up where Veronica is searching through Alonzo and uh, Dito. Is it, what's his name? Dito? Dodie. Dodie. I'm sorry. And Dodie is, we haven't seen Dodie a lot. Doty's hotel room um, trying to find the information. This is what this is. the in, This is actually the information that they got from Vinny, uh, which was where the, the hotel room was located because they know that the congressman hired him. Right. So Vinny, that's the information they got at the nightclub or at the strip club. And we get a nice little detective fake out. Veronica's in the room. Weevil's sister comes down the hallway. Keith is trying to tell Veronica, give her signals by speaking loudly. Veronica keeps on looking. He's forced to fake a heart attack. (laughs) She does a little thing where she approaches them, stops, turns for a second, and then comes around the corner as if she was walking down the, it's such a nice little move. She does. Yeah. Um, And, and it, but it's all in vain. Because Weevil's sister recognizes Veronica.
1: Yes. And obviously Veronica and Keith did not recognize her as Weevil's sister, but she recognizes them.
0: Yep, And we roll right into a scene at Weevil's house where he's hanging out with a buddy. Um, We get to see Weevil a little bit relaxed here. Probably the happiest he's been for about 13 seconds.
1: Yeah. uh, Before
0: his sister runs into the room, she's been fired because nobody's taking hotel rooms anymore and nobody's visiting Neptune. She also relates to him that she saw Veronica at the hotel room. Then Alonzo arrives and she relates again about Veronica at the hotel room and Alonzo says he's going to have to ha- he's going to have to meet up with her, which I think puts Weevil on alert.
1: It does, and and this puts Weevil in a really interesting position, right? Based on the last two, uh, based on this episode and the last episode, where they've gotten into these two huge fights, does Weevil clue Veronica in?
0: Mm, right. This could be where they come together, right? Where he could has, they? where he finds that sometimes the best way to get someone to open up is to open up to them.
1: Oh, you should write cards.
0: (laughs) Well, you know I am from New Jersey, and we're very sweet there. Um, (laughs) Veronica meets up with Nicole, right? And then Leo shows up, and your boy, her boy, and Leo's been tracking her because he put a he he bugged her bag. People love bugging each other and tracking each other on this show. They do, Uh, and then we get a great party scene, and this is really Veronica's reaction to Logan leaving.
1: Yes. It's smart of you to say that because that's exactly what this scene is about. This is yet another self-medicating avoidance move on her part because she'd rather drink and dance the night away than think about the emotional reality of her life. Definitely.
0: Even though it is a great scene, isn't it?
1: It's fun. It's fun to see the actor who plays Leo dancing, doing the white guy dance. Um, (laughs) it's, It's nice. Rob Thomas obviously has a love affair with music. And so there's like four or five different musical cuts in this montage where there's a wide array of like musical dance choices made. So one thing we can never talk about enough with Veronica Mars is the relationship that it has with music. Because obviously either Rob or another producer loves music because they always include it. In every episode, and it's often highlighted, like in this sequence, where uh, Nicole, Leo, and Veronica are sort of dancing the night away. Um, And you're right. It's a great sequence. It's fun. Um, And it's also great that um, here's the good thing that's good about it. And you sort of brought this up in the notes. That... That in the face of a bomb scare, in the face of a bomb that just went off at Comrade Quacks a few days ago, there's still – Nicole still has a place up and going. She's still providing a place where people can come and have fun, let off some steam, and dance. Definitely.
0: And they've got to – you know, you gotta, you got to keep it moving, right? You do. When the bombs go off, you got to keep calm and carry on. And that's what they're doing in this scene. And it shows also that we had a party scene with Logan and Veronica was partying, having fun with Logan. He was able to let loose Leo. He's, she's able to let loose. She's, she's having fun with these people, different guys, right? Both of these kind of love interests are able to see that side of her and, and enjoy it. But it does seem for her, it is more of an escape. You know, and she's not really she doesn't have a long talk. They kind of mention Logan a little bit, but it's it's jokey. Yeah. You know, and it's not really deep and it's interesting to see the way she's dealing with it, but the music is great and it reminds me too of the kid at the frat house who is playing I bet you he's some kind of um YouTube singer or something like that.
1: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that may found somewhere. Um, I have a question for you. The So we, we get to the end of the sequence and then we see Veronica – Leo bringing Veronica home. In fact, she makes a reference that it's been a long time since a guy walked her to her front door. And so they're at her front door and they're about to be surprised by Maddie. But in the moment before that – so here's my question. Did you think they were going to have sex?
0: I thought that they were – I thought there was going to be a moment. I don't know whether it was going to go that far. I thought they were going to have a moment and pull back. Okay. You know? But I did definitely feel that. And, they, and the wind was blowing. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the moon was in the, the sky. Moon, it was perfect for that. It was a, definitely a setup. But the thing with Maddie, too, where it turns from – it's that, that classic detective thing where it turns from, like, romance and everything to everyone's got their guns out. Really quickly. Yeah. And Maddie's there. The, the the power has been turned off at the motel finally. And uh, Veronica lets her stay with her. And she actually says to Leo, this is my protege.
1: Really interesting. Like that's interesting on multiple levels. Um, it's interesting that Veronica is aware enough of the dynamic to actually call her that. Um. Yeah, it's just really interesting.
0: I loved it, and I and because that's what she is, and and I like the way that they wrote it, where she just says it, and yeah. that is the truth. Um, yep. and it's a good way to introduce her. Um, then we get the 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 cliffhanger of the episode. Uh, we've had bombs go off. We've had other things happen, but we're with the Maloofs. The doorbell rings. It's our old creepy friend. Um, a friend, Clarence, who, you and me, Clarence Weedman, <laughs> who Logan has suggested will be the new security or he's, he's kind of having a job interview in a sense. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: But Maloof is like, Hey, I don't really need you. We figured out who is blackmailing me. Everything's good. And then the brother gets off at the gun, shoots Maloof, gets killed by Clarence and all hell breaks loose.
1: This was a really well staged yeah, sequence. Me by surprise. It seemed real. It seemed raw. Everything happened quickly, but you could still take in what was happening. It seemed like it was actually happening. Like some guy got off an elevator and started shooting at two other guys. Like it it, it, it was so it was so alarming and so um yeah, it was just it was well filmed, well directed. Um And you're right. It turns out that Malouf – it looks like he got shot in the shoulder, right?
0: I think it was the upper shoulder. Yeah. Um, So it's not – he's a lot – he's going to be alive. The brother is dead. The the elevator doors were shutting on him. I like that shot. And he even throws in, I think, a little bit of racism too, doesn't he? Doesn't he say something racist before he shoots him, I think?
1: He says you can go back to Allah or you can say hi to Allah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So – it adds that element of it too. And I, I think they did a good job here of having the little funny scene with the Maloofs and Logan. It's caring. They react well to the language thing. Then here he's thinking, Oh, everything's this case is wrapped up, you know? Um, but no, the brother shoots him. So we're going to see what happens next. Everything's still up in the air. We don't have a lot of movement um, with Nicole. Is she, isn't she the bomber? in the, in this episode right i mean we have it does seem clear but-
1: to me even on a multiple front theory that the ultimate uh person responsible for these bombings is doing it for personal reasons now whether they're nicole's personal reasons or someone else's personal reasons still is yet to be determined But it does seem personal. It doesn't seem like they first thought that, like, it's an extension of a business move. Right,
0: right. And that – yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think that the scene with Big Dick and Clyde established firmly that they did the first bombing but left all the other ones up uh, to be questioned. Um, Well – There was when he made reference to the bomb where his son was, where where Dick was near it. Which bomb? That was the which bomb was Dick near? He was uh, him and Logan were playing volleyball. Okay, so that wasn't so close to it, right? So they made reference to that, but not that they did it, right? There was a reference to things getting out of hand. So, oh, we know, well, he does also reference killing Perry, which is our third bomb, right? Right. And then Clyde doesn't admit or deny. So it's still, Nicole is still, we don't know. We didn't get a scene where Veronica kind of vindicates her.
1: No, we, no, she has not been vindicated. So, yeah,
0: it's still, everything's up in the air and we don't know too. Like I said, we've been recording this. If you're, you know, if you're listening, well, if you're listening, that's the way you're hearing the podcast. Uh, if you're listening to the <laughs> podcast, um, we've been doing like two at a time, so we have not seen episodes seven and eight. Uh, we have no idea what's coming next, but it doesn't seem like it's. I just keep on being brought back to these voiceovers because this sh- this too has a couple of very ominous voiceovers of yeah. if I had listened to this warning um and in this she says if I had listened to Logan about Nicole or something right yeah so who knows what's going to happen next
1: well I know that I'm excited to see the, the 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 penultimate episode and the finale and I'm even more excited to talk to you about it and um yeah and I can't wait
0: I think I guess got I think I stalled out there cuz I realized there's only 2 episodes left. It made me sad.
1: Oh. <laughs> I was like there's a only si- 2
0: more. A single tear is going down your cheek. Man, Aww. wow, but this has been so fun. Yeah, this is this was a great episode and just getting more into Veron, I'm just continually really happy and just kind of get it like a a fulfillment out of seeing how they're rounding out Veronica's character and even when you're saying like oh I was mad at her it's like that's good to be able to do that with the lead and to make her in a sense unlikable or make wrong decisions is a lot of growth and I I'm really enjoying this I can't wait to see what happens we got two episodes left We'll be back soon enough. I've been uh, kind of interspersing these, dropping them because, you know, these are really evergreen. In the end, I I, I think most people are going to end up listening to these after they've watched everything and they're kind of listening to them in a row. That's how I do a lot of the streaming shows. But it's good to kind of go on it, at, uh, you know, go with it as we go and not give too many hints towards what we might know. But in this case, we don't know anything. So, all right, everybody. Peace out.